This is Ron Arative. Ron Arative. Stories in the Rough. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Raw Narrative. I am your host, Adriana. And today we are going to talk about gear. (laughs) But it's not just like standard blah, blah, blah photographer gear. I want to like put everything in layman's terms for like the couple slash the client to like, if you're interested in learning, this is like towards you guys. Like, I want to teach you guys about camera gear. (laughs) I thought that would be kind of fun. And recently, actually today, I waited to film because I was waiting for my (laughs) lens to come in. I just got a new piece of gear and I'm super excited about it. And I'm actually filming this podcast on my iPhone today (laughs) because I wanted to talk to you about like all the gear I have. I have like all my gear right here. It's a lot, but... Let's see, life updates for you guys. Just got a new lens. I'll talk to you guys about that in a minute. And tomorrow is our pop-up for the Providence Cotton Mill. I cannot wait to photograph all the cute couples tomorrow. And I'm sure I will be putting like a little highlight on Instagram of everything. Yay! Ooh, I got these cute jeans if you're watching on YouTube. I got these in Houston. Speaking of Houston, my husband and I, we had some unfortunate news. We, because this is like real life, (laughs) his papa of 81 years went to be with the Lord. He had his battles with his health and it was time for him to go to heaven. So this, not this, was it this past weekend? It was this past weekend. I went to Houston to be able to be with the family and really just celebrate Papa. And then this week we are going back this weekend to go be with the family and have his beautiful celebration of life service. So that's been real life for us in Houston. It's a different world out there. If you've ever been, it's like oil rigs and all types of manufacturing stuff out there. And that's where my husband grew up, but they have a really good Marshall's. <laughs> And so we tried to make some, you know, have some fun together in light of the situation. And I got these Levi's (laughs) and they're like the really baggy, cute, like, yeah, and a cute denim jacket. So I've been obsessed with wearing those lately. But yeah, that's kind of like our life update. It's been a little bit crazy in life ways, but we just keep going along and it makes you like reflect back and cherish the moments that we had with Papa. I'm going to miss him so dearly and my husband as well and all the family, but it's been good in like the light of everything. It's brought everybody together again, like physically, like physical locations with everybody living in different places. So it's been nice to be able to see the family, but that would be kind of what's new in that vein. But back to a lighter note, I wanted to talk to you guys about camera gear. (laughs) That's why you came to this segment. So that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. So I want you to imagine that you know nothing about a camera. Okay. 
I'm going to show you. Here's a camera body. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys about everything. All my gear, my gear list. I shoot Canon. I grew up with a Canon camera. Well, actually, my very first point and shoot. Actually, I think that was a Fuji film. I have it somewhere. I found it recently. And then I had a Sony Cybershot, like the old school, like pink one. I was obsessed with that thing. I can't find that one. I don't know if I gave it to my baby sister when I was like, when I got like my DSLR, my first DSLR. Oh, and I forgot I had like given my old DSLR to my mother-in-law when I had like upgraded some gear. And so it was funny to be reacquainted with it momentarily in Houston. And so I was looking at it. I held it in my hand. I was like, oh, this is like the first DSLR that I owned. So I got to visit that camera and she still uses it to shoot cute little things too. But um, yeah, I evolved from like a Rebel T3. And then after that, I got my first full frame camera and that was a Canon 6D. And then after that, I started trickling into weddings and so I needed a second camera body and then I got a 5D Mark III and then I sold my Canon 6D. Yes, my first full frame. I sold that and got a Canon 5D Mark IV. So then I had a Mark IV and a Mark III for shooting weddings because you need two camera bodies when you're shooting weddings. And I'll explain a little bit about that in a minute. But you need two of them, not one, but two. <laughs> you don't need them, but like I couldn't, I couldn't rest without at least knowing I had a backup, you know? Okay. And then after that, I decided I wanted to go mirrorless. So then I got my first mirrorless camera and that is the Canon R6. I still shoot with the R6. That is, is this the one I'm holding in my hand? Yes, this is the R6. It's phenomenal. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this camera. And then I got two of them. I still have the second camera body. Did I put it away? One of them is listed for sale. <laughs> one of my Canon R6s because I picked up and it's attached to this big honking lens. Hold on a second. <laughs> this bad boy. I'll explain this lens in a second. I'm going to take that off for a second, but I got the Canon R6 Mark II because I'm shooting hybrid guys. I am shooting video and photo. I think I talked to you guys about that. I'm so stoked about it, but let's talk about cameras. Okay. So on a wedding day, I use two cameras for engagement sessions. I use one camera, <laughs> but I feel like a wedding day is something that is a one-time thing. It's a one-time ordeal. So if something were to happen to one of my camera bodies, if it stopped working for whatever reason, et cetera, I need to make sure I have a backup, okay? So that's why I shoot with two. Not only do I shoot with two, I copy all of the data to two, look, I have an SD card in there, to two SD card slots. If you're watching on YouTube, there are two SD card slots in each camera, okay? So that way, if an SD card corrupts or if something happens before I can double back up my files to two 
hard drives, I have backups on the SD cards of your wedding day photos. I am like risk management all day long. Okay. It's so important to not like mess around with that. So, okay. Yay. Let's talk about camera settings. Okay. So if you're wondering what, how do you shoot? Like, do you just turn it on and shoot and everything happens automatically? No, (laughs) nope. I mean, you can, but the work would not look consistent. So as your wedding photographer slash engagement photographer, I (laughs) shoot manual. Do you see how it has that M on it? That stands for shooting manual. So what that means is there are essentially three elements to my settings that I'm constantly thinking about in different situations. Okay. So that is my F-stop, which I will explain this in a minute, my ISO, and then my shutter. Okay. And then from there, I also shoot in Kelvin. So I'm adjusting the temperature. Okay. Let's talk about F-stop. What is F-stop? F-stop is when my camera body here, this one doesn't have a lens on it. When my camera body is attaching to the lens here, boop, 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 boom. Okay. Activate F-stop. It has to do with the, this is like the control center and this is like the eyeball. Okay. So just think of like, this is the brain. (laughs) the body, the camera body is like the brain of the camera. And my lens is like the eyeball. It's taking in all the information and this is like digesting it and formatting it (laughs) and like storing it. Okay. I want you to think of that coordination. So I am brain. Okay. So my F-stop when I, do I have a batter in here? (gasps) Oh, I do. Okay. I wonder if you can see it through here. Probably not because I have a ring light, but That is controlling the dilation of the lens, okay? So think of it like an eyeball. So the lower the number on the f-stop of my camera, so if I'm controlling that number, and if I'm turning that number all the way down, which the lowest I think that you can possibly, like if you purchase a lens, like the lowest f-stop that you can possibly purchase on a lens from my understanding is a 1.2. Okay. That's super low. So what that means is it's allowing more light into my lens. So then it's like a pupil and it dilates. So when the numbers are low, the glass is dilating and allowing more light in. And I'm able to control that. Now think about it when it's really bright outside, right? It's like so much light's coming in. Okay. Everything that creates more of that creamy bokeh in the background. Now it does get a little tricky with like it being super in focus. I mean, you have to really focus, like really work at keeping it all in focus and keeping everything crisp and sharp. If you're going for that look, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good blurry photo if it's like purposeful, (laughs) but if we're going for more of like that look of like creamy bokeh, like that blurriness that dreaminess in the background okay yes and that's combined with a longer focal length as well that creates a lot of that bokeh in the background 
But just think about that, okay? Said so the amount of light coming in. Now, like I said, it's hard to keep everything in focus. So if I am photographing a lot of people in like one frame, I might need to bring my f-stop up. Even though it can go down to 1.2, that doesn't mean I should responsibly shoot at 1.2. That means that I might need to take it up to 2.0. So it's decimals, okay? So it could be 1.2. And then the points keep going up until you hit the two, essentially, okay? <laughs> so this, let's like, okay, I'll, get, I'll top, talk about this lens in a second. Because remember, F stops. So whenever you hear F with the numbers, that means my aperture. Okay. I'm controlling the dilation, how much light I'm allowing into the lens. Okay. Got it. F-stop. Eyeball. Pupil. Dilating. F-stop. Aperture. F-stop and aperture are used interchangeably. Okay. It's the same thing. Let's talk about ISO. <laughs> so ISO is connected to the camera body, the brain, it's the sensitivity to processing the light. So everything is with like light, okay? So the lower the ISO, it's like the less strain is on it for processing light. So like 100 ISO, that is a good like baseline for like shooting outside and like very well lit, maybe like right before golden hour or midday or whatever, like shooting at that ISO means like the data is going to be very clean coming in. The images are not going to be full of like the grain or noise. Okay. Now the higher my ISO and my camera, typically the more noise, which is that graininess will be on the photos. Now there's a difference between noise and grain stylistically okay noise you can tell it's not supposed to be there it's like it's not grain noise is like an image that looks almost distorted and in my opinion it looks bad okay now if you add grain in post-production and like the size and the amount of it is like very specific to give it like that stylistic grainy look to an image, especially in my black and white photos. I love doing that. That's so different. These mirrorless camera bodies are insane. You can like, I forget how high, like, okay, I think I have the battery in this. So let me see how high my ISO can go in here. I'm trying to, okay. 25,600. That's how high, think about like what I said, like the lowest typically like for like that really crisp looking images, a hundred outside. And yeah, you can like push it to like, sometimes I shoot 200, sometimes 400 if I'm outside and it's getting darker and the sun's setting and it's like golden hour. But what's cool about these mirrorless camera bodies is that like during like outside stuff or indoor reception, like when it's nighttime or it's like really dim or if it's more of like that ambient lighting and I don't necessarily want to use a flash, which I love these flashes. Okay. Like if I'm looking, if I'm going, cause obviously photography is creative, like it's a very creative um, field. So if I'm not going for like that 
flash look and I'm wanting to capture something more ambient lit, I don't have to use a flash. I can use, I can use a lens that has a low f-stop. So I have an 80, this is a prime lens, okay? This is an 85 millimeter 1.4. So that means my f-stop can go all the way down Okay, the pupil can open wide open at 1.4, which allows so much natural light and so much ambient light to come in. If I really needed to push it down to that, I could. And I can bump the ISO up and the way the mirrorless camera bodies are designed, you can push the limits with ISO and these images come out insane. They don't have like, a ton of noise to them and they're salvageable in post-production and now with like AI noise reduction it's like crazy what you can do and like I've been able to really save and like just create really cool low-lit images for nighttime shots for like sparkler exits that's a great way like a great example if I'm wanting more of like ambient light and less flash for that because this is like of course if I'm gonna be <laughs> using a flash my ISO is not gonna be as high <laughs> right because I have artificial light coming in and my settings have to be adjusted if I'm using like an artificial light because I'm adding more light to then like you know what I'm saying I'm adding additional light in okay so I could like combine like one of my prime lenses um, prime lenses, they don't zoom. So that's what that means. They're fixed. So they're fixed focal length. They don't zoom at all, but they're beautiful. I love them. They're great for low lit situations. I have the 85 prime 1.4. I have a 35 1.4. See, these are adapters for the RF because these are EF lenses and they're still phenomenal lenses. If I really need more reach, this is a 135 and this one goes down to 2.0, but I want to talk to you guys about 2.0. 2.0 is still super low for aperture. Like some of these kit lenses, this is why, like if you're wanting to dabble in photography, like sure, whatever, like use the kit lens, but don't use it forever. At least like grab a 50 1.8. Those are so inexpensive and like it'll get you out of having that high aperture because a lot of those lenses have like a four aperture or like a five or whatever and they go all the way up which is fine but it gives you like that more prime look which these prime lenses I love the prime lenses I started out with shooting only prime until okay let me put these bad boys back until I got the 28 to 70 guys. The reason why this lens is insane. This is why I like wanted this lens is because it zooms. You see that from 24 all the way up to 70. So basically, I'm sorry, not 24 to 28. It's a 28 to 70. So from 28, which is a wide angle. And then the higher the number, it becomes less wide and more telephoto. And so it gets more reach the higher the number is. So like a 28, so if I'm not zoomed out on this, if I'm zoomed, like like if I'm shooting here, 
I'm at 28, I can shoot a wide angle. So I could do a huge group shot of people. I can shoot like just that like very stylistic look. Like I love wide angle lens. 35 is my favorite focal length. Okay. Personally, it's my favorite. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll just stick this. If I don't want to swap my lenses, I'll stick it on 35 and shoot at 35 like all the time because I love it. And I know I have a 35. I mean, I keep this one. This is my favorite focal length. I mean, I keep, I just love the way the RF looks and I love how versatile this lens is because it goes all the way down to 2.0 and it's like, it's like a prime thing in a bottle. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it shoots like prime lenses. They shoot so beautifully and creamy. It shoots and it's so versatile. I never have to like take it off. And at first it was a little bit heavy, like getting used to it, but I'm so used to it now. I was like, shoot, I mean, why are we complaining about this being heavier? I'm going to the gym now, <laughs> getting stronger. And so it's like, well, if I want good photos and I think it's heavy, it just means I need to go to the gym and work out more so, so I can uh, get, you know, have the best quality images that I think I could produce. And it's not all about the gear. I mean, I gear is a component to having like high quality photography. Of course you want good gear and I do value and appreciate good gear. And I want to give my couples the best of the best. Okay. So yes, I love this lens. So 28 to 70. So that's focal length, right? Okay. So we talked about F-stop. We talked about ISO. I've mentioned focal length a little bit. Let's talk about shutter. So shutter is in the, I have so many lenses, guys. Shutter is inside of the body of the camera. Okay. The shutter is, it is a little component in there. Think about like your, Ooh, let's compare it. Since we compared things to like brains and eyeballs. Okay. It's kind of like it's connected to the camera body and it coincides, of course, with like the lens has to be attached to it, but it's kind of like your eyelids, how fast you're blinking. Okay. It's the, how fast or if the longer you keep your eyes open without like, if I'm looking at the camera right now on YouTube, I'm keeping my eyes like wide open. So if I don't blink, it's really hard because there's like light in my eyes. If I do not blink, obviously it allows more time for more light to come inside of my eyes, right? If I'm, if you were to blink your eyes really fast like this, blink, 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 blink. It has like less light. You can see like, it's not a continuous stream of light coming in. Like if you blink periodically or whatever, so the slower you blink, the more light is coming through your eyes, right? The faster you blink, the less light is coming through your eyes, right? So if you were to like practice that real quick, you would be able to envision it and like see it in real time. So that is the same on the camera body. So the shutter is like the eyelids of the camera body. It's just blinking, 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 blink, 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 blink. So the faster my shutter the faster your eyelids are blinking, blink, 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 right? The faster I am getting shots, right? Now, here's the thing. Do you know how you guys like right now? Like it's such a cool trend to have like that move, the movement in your photos and blurry or like a long exposure and stuff like that. That has to do a lot with shutter. 
Because if I have a lot of movement happening in my camera and I have a super low shutter count, that means I'm allowing more light to come in. So like, yes, the brighter the image is going to be, the lower the number is of the shutter, okay? So if I have my shutter at like 20, which is really low, <laughs> because for standard shooting, like 250, if I'm shooting like just a little bit of movement and stuff, my minimum needs for me needs to be at like 250 to be able to capture. So keep that in perspective. So 20 is like, like movement, it's going to be a little bit blurry. You're going to get that blurry look and it's going to be really bright. So what I would do as your photographer, I prefer to keep my ISO as low as possible because I don't want noise in my photos, right? So I'm going to keep my ISO as low as I can. So I'm going to bump up my f-stop because remember the higher the number the less right the less the higher the number the less amount of light is coming in yes so if I have a low shutter that'll balance that out where it's not overexposed so and my photo will still look really sharp in some areas especially if I'm I have on a tripod or if I'm just like studying my hand and my subject is moving, when my subject is moving in front of me, I'm able to capture the movement. But if it, I have my camera super still, the background is not moving. And so it looks like a still photo, like it's still in the back because that's not moving, but my subject is moving. It's so cool. I love art <laughs> and technology. <laughs> So that's how we get that blurry, cool look. So you guys should try it at home if you want to experiment with photography. But if you were wondering how that worked. So our three main, I don't know, three main, oh, I can't think of the word, things, thingamajiggies that you need to know <laughs> of, of like the how to shoot in manual. And if you want to be a photographer like me, that is your F-stop we talked about f-stop. I'm using my pinky. I don't know why. F-stop, uh, which is your aperture. Okay. The pupil, the dilation of the lens. It's in connection with the lens. And this is the brain, right? We talked about that. We talked about ISO. It's like the sensitivity to light. And that is within the camera body. Okay. How the brain processes the data and how sensitive it is and able to bring it all together to create the image. Is it going to be grainy? Is it going to be less grainy? <laughs> so the lower the ISO, typically I prefer the, the lower that you can get is a really good image quality typically, but with mirrorless cameras, you can really push it. You can push the limits. Yeah. And I'm talking about if you don't have additional light sources. Okay. I'm talking about natural light photography, ambient light. There's a lot of photographers that will push or shoot with a low ISO and they have artificial light like flashes coming in or whatever. But if you're wanting a really natural looking photo without the flash, which it depends on what you're going for, then you can really push the ISO or whatever this one <laughs> ISO and really try to capture the ambient light if that's what you're going for. And I love Adobe Lightroom, your AI Denoise is incredible. Mwah, thank you. You've saved a lot of my photos. So then we talked about your eyelids. <laughs> so your shutter 
is how fast the light is coming in. Okay. How, how it's allowing the light to be, to come in. Right. And the faster the shutter, you're able to capture different like stops of movement. And if you're, they're not really going to be as blurry. Like you can capture someone in the air. If you have a, your shutter super duper high, you could someone doing a backflip in the air. You would want to have your <laughs> shutter count really high. Okay. But if it's really high, remember that means less light is coming in. So what does that mean? You've got to low have a lens. This is why lenses are important. Have a lens that could, has the ability to go down to a low aperture. And that's why people love prime lenses because you can keep the aperture low and keep your ISO low. <laughs> really cool. We love prime lenses. Okay. It's the best thing ever. So that's why we love our primes as photographers. Okay. And that's why I love this. It's like a prime lens. It's great. Okay. Okay. So we talked about that and then we talk, we need to talk about Calvin. So Calvin is like the temperature. So blue is cool tone. Yellow, orange ish is warm tone. So you're basically controlling the number, which the lower the number, the more cool your photo will be. And the higher the number, the more warm your photo will be. In different lighting situations, especially if there's a lot of amp ambient light, you can like balance out that yellow skin tones. It's really good for correcting skin tones in the camera body before you go to post-production. It saves so much time. And it just gives you like a really cool stylistic look too. If someone loves like really warm photos, you can shoot that in the camera body. I love true to life colors with a tiny bit of warmth sometimes, a little bit of warmth, but I love like that true to life, vibrant, like beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. That's my style. I love true to life, vibrant photos. So we learned a lot about that guys. Okay. This is my new lens. Ah, okay. <laughs> this is okay. I didn't buy this one for the longest time. I would rent it. I wanted to shoot Prime. But when mirrorless became a thing, we can push the ISO higher. And because most zoom lenses, they don't come in like low apertures. Okay. So this one is like relatively low. This is a 2.8 fixed aperture. So F 2.8. So that means my pupil can be dilated <laughs> on this lens to a 2.8. I'm not shooting at 1.2 very often or one, even 1.4 very often. I'm typically at like 2.0, 2.2, 2.3, 2 2.4 maybe like hanging out in the twos. But this, the lowest this one can go is 2.8. But it is so beautiful. It creates such beautiful, such beautiful images. I rented it, fell in love with it. It's so versatile. It's so compact. It's great for ceremony footage. So that's why I got this one is for ceremonies primarily. Or if I want to like get some extra reach, because remember the higher the focal length, so this goes to 200. So it zooms. So it starts at a 70 and then it gradually gives me different focal lengths until I get to 200. So I'm able to zoom in with this and it's longer. So it's telephoto. So I'm able to like capture things from a distance. So if I want to be a fly on the wall 
if I don't want to be all up in your grill. I love this lens for like right after the ceremony as well. When the couple kind of just is in that cute swooning mood, like after they celebrate, they had their kiss, they walk down the aisle, they're like, whoa, we're married. They go off to like somewhere just to kind of be with each other for a second. I'm like getting those really cute, like swooning, gooey, adorable little shots with this lens. One of my favorites. Okay. Now I own one. I don't have to rent it. Oh, one other lens I picked up recently. I did not want to buy it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I hated like the fact of thinking I would have to buy this lens because you only use it for like 15 to 20 minutes on a wedding day. That's it. So I was like, I mean, this I could use at a portrait session. I use oh proposals. This lens is like great for just fly on the wall. Or if I just want to have like that more, like I could use this for any, whatever. And I, I guess I could use the other one for a portrait session, but I mean, I have these other lenses. So I was like, why would I use this one? It's a hundred millimeter macro. And so I just, it's for detail shots, like flat lays on wedding days. And I would just rent it because it was so cheap to rent. And I decided to go ahead and buy one. I bought the EF version because I had the adapter, but now I own it because I have a lot of weddings coming up and it just didn't really make sense for me to rent it anymore. So I bought it. So um, that is for like getting those really close. It's a macro. Macro is getting like that really close, like up close shot, of like the rings and some nature photographers will use it, but wedding photographers use it primarily for tiny details or like zooming in, but you can be really creative with it. So I'm excited to have it. I'm excited to be creative with it because I like flat lace. They're fun. It's like all your little details of your day, your perfume bottles, your rings and your invitations and flower cuttings and the cufflinks and all the things that are like sentimental. And we put it together in like a beautiful like flat lay display and in natural light. And I photograph like really cute details. I'll typically use the 100 millimeter macro for that in a 30, my 35. But lately, since I've got this lens, I've been using the 35 focal length on this, but it does get a little bit heavy. So if I do want to just shoot at like 35, that's like smaller and just lighter, I'll do that. So that's why I still have this and I'm waiting for Canon to, oh my gosh, release the 35 millimeter 1.2. Okay. Uh, the RF version. I will buy that lens. I will sell this one and buy that one <laughs> once they release it. Yeah, so on a wedding day, I mean, I can pick and choose what I want to bring, but two camera bodies, definitely the 28 to 70. This one. 70 to 200, 2.8. I mean, I have back. I love having backups too, in case something happens. Like, I don't know. I want to have backup focal lengths too. Erg. Okay. Gosh. So I've got uh, 85 millimeter, 35 millimeter, 135. <laughs> Guys, this is so much gear. It's heavy, but I have the coolest bags. Okay. I have to show you my bags. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to go to YouTube so you can like watch all of this because I don't know, this, this episode is very visual. Okay. And I'm putting up the lenses on my table. I have a lot of lenses. Oh my gosh. And then I have two flashes. Oh yeah. 
Oh, oh yeah. This is where I keep all like my SD cards. They're not all in here right now, but they're normally always filled up in here for wedding day. So I have extras because I'm remember I'm shooting double to <laughs> really quadruple if I have two on me because I have a sling camera strap where I have it's a dual camera strap for two camera bodies. So I use that too. Okay. So, oh yeah, that's, and okay. I'm going to lean over and grab this flash. I have two flashes <laughs> and they're rechargeable batteries for them. The Godax V1s. Amazing. The refresh rate is incredible on these. They're very like editorial looking. I love the look of this flash. It's so clean. It's so crisp. It's phenomenal. And of course they're Canon mount. They have, and I'm speaking Canon gear. I mean, this really translates to any brand. Like, I mean, Nikon has their own version of all of this gear. Sony has their own version, except for the 28 to 70. Canon only is the only one that has a 28 to 70 that can go all the way down to 2.0. Uh, I think Tamron might have some type of lens that's somewhat comparable for people, but that thing is heavy too. It's like really long, but like I said, go to the gym, get stronger if that's something you want. Okay. I forgot it. This is for my vintage Polaroids. I have Polaroid camera. Hey. <laughs> yeah, this is my Polaroid camera. So this is something that is top secret. I don't talk about this because I like to spoil my people. Okay. I'm leaning over to grab a camera bag. Oh, oh, I have gear in here. I forgot. <laughs> Look how pretty she is. This is the kindly, I think it's the Janessa. No, the bigger one <laughs> on Kindly's website. They have beautiful bags. So I use this one for wedding days because it's large and it can fit like all the gear that I need. <laughs> so she's pretty. She's such my style. Like, I love a boho like. Look, I have like ribbon hanging out. What is this? Okay, kindly, I have a big one. Ooh. Okay. And then I have the smaller version. I'm gonna lean over and grab that. Okay. I'm knocking things over. It's so cute. This is what I take for like my smaller shoots, just to store the gear in. If I want to take a Polaroid camera camera body 28 to 70. That's normally what I bring for my engagement sessions. Eek, I love this bag. It's so cute. <laughs> okay. And then I have my sling bags. Let me show you my sling bags. This one's so pretty. I've been using them as like purses lately, <laughs> but it's like this pretty olive green and it has like a strap where I can like connect my camera body to this. It's really cool. And really helps me just like carry extra batteries, SD cards, extra batteries. Yeah. This is like a larger, it's really a bag. I could fit, fit extra lenses in here if I wanted to. So pretty cool. And then <laughs> I know I have so much variety. Okay. I love this one. This is like the cute little fanny pack. Just wear it here with my dual camera straps for wedding days, or if I just want something more simple and light to carry around me. The green one's a little bit clunky around the waist, so I like this one for just like extra little things to 
I don't know, batteries, same kind of thing. It just depends. They have like different uses, like for different needs for different types of shoots and stuff. Like if it's a longer, I don't know, interchangeably, I can change these out as I need them. And then that's so much gear, guys. This takes years to acquire. Okay. It's not like, it's not instant. Okay. To acquire it the right way. Then I have my good faithful MacBook Pro. I recently had to upgrade it from the M1 to the M3. I did go ahead and grab the MacBook Pro Max, I think. It's the one that has a lot of RAM in it. Let me grab it. This is my MacBook Pro. This is the newest whatever model they have. This thing is super cool. I saw this on Amazon and it just sticks on there and doesn't like leave a residue. I can take it off if I want, but it holds my external hard drives. I back up for my wedding days to two different locations. Look how cute. I saw I have two of these. These are the Samsung T7 shields. I do have two of these. Okay. This is just one that I'm using right now to edit some engagement photos or smaller sessions on too. So I always double back up everything, but I'm sure there's more gear that I use. <laughs> I didn't mention but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed my gear talk today. I've got gear laying everywhere. I'm now I've got to go and put this stuff away. But this was really fun. I got to geek out with you guys today. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for hanging around. Uh, it was fun talking with y'all. So I will catch you guys for the next one. Toodles. This is Ron Arative. Ron Arative. Stories in the Rough.